Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. that Ravens win streak even enter your brain, the preseason win streak? I think it's a stupid record. I mean, who gives a shit about preseason games? Yeah, I mean, if we beat it, great. We're going to beat it, so there we go. Yeah, uh, it is really fun, honestly. I was sitting in bed uh, watching ESPN all day, and all you could hear about was this streak, the streak. So I feel like we just had the biggest preseason W in history, honestly. But uh, it, it was definitely pretty cool uh, knowing what they had on the line. We were able to end that. Yeah, he did. I, I watched that video. You won my likes. I liked it. <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. And guess who drinks free? Sam Sam Cosme drinks free. Sam Cosme drinks free. Sam Howell drinks free. Josh Harris drinks free. The entire Commanders fan base drinks free. Everyone drinks free. Hail to the Commanders. Hail victory. That's right. I know a lot of people saying, like, ah, it's just a preseason game. It's just a preseason game. And I get it. It is. It's just a preseason game. But you know what? They were 24-0 until they ran into a buzzsaw named Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders. And now they're 24-1 over the last 25 preseason games. That's right. Sorry. Quote the Raven. We lost. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you sit on the edge of your seat until the final second? That's ran out of the call? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> got to have this one. Did you <laughs> shake anyone's hand randomly? Like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or? I went around. I did a victory lap <laughs> around my couch. My daughter is like, what are you doing? You know, uh, I will say this. Um, I'm very glad I didn't bet the Ravens money line last night. Yeah. I thought about it. and I'm just like, no, you know what? This is bad juju. You know, like, normally that's like the safest bet in sports is like the Ravens money line in preseason. No and you're more. just like, never no more, never more, never more, never yeah. more, quote the Raven. That's right. Listen, here's what's exciting about this. Again, it's a preseason game. But again, the tide has turned. The atmosphere in around FedEx field, like, it just like... It's like, it's just better. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's hope. I have hope, Connor Rogers. <laughs> I have hope. I have hope. I am it's very like, happy for you. Like, look, I, you're I, a Jets I've been fan. a very sad football fan right. for my entire life, you so get I get it. it. I absolutely get understand it. it. You get it. There's probably some Australian rules football team that ha- similar, right? Down in the dumps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, exactly. like the, the, I'm the, a Collingwood Magpies fan. Yes, we, exactly. We toiled. We toiled for many years. Yes. And then we won in 2010. It was yes, great. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine how, like, if this were to happen to the Magpies. <laughs> exactly. If they beat, like, the Brisbane Beaters or whatever. <laughs> Brisbane Lions. Oh, yeah. they're the Lions. There we go. The Beaters. Closer than most would have got. The Beaters. I don't know. I don't know. The Because Australian rules football. Don't you hit people? Yeah, exactly. That's how you score points. <laughs> uh, th- thank you. Exactly. Yeah. We need to do an Australian Rules Football Fantasy League. Yes, we, we should. Do. Without it's any big. preparation. Zero preparation. Zero preparation. Just vibes draft. Just That's total it. vibes. Yes. 
Yeah, what do you think? Exactly. You could organize that? Yeah. You have to be the commissioner. There's no other way. I to, would, yeah. No, it's big. Fantasy's big in Australian rules football. It's called Super Coach. Uh, and, yeah, it's, really? uh, and it's a big industry. Yeah, yeah. We should do a little 90-second uh, uh, segment one day about Super Coach and uh, the Collingwood Magpies. But uh, it, was a big, it was a big day for, uh, for Sam Cosme. Someone for, call for Josh Alexa. Harris. We're, doing a, we're doing a remote from Australia. We're going to go there. We're going to do a, We'll do our Australian <laughs> Rules football preseason go special. Wrong. Very excited for you to break the, down Jordan Degoe and his contested possessions. Be very, very good. I don't understand <laughs> anything you just said, but you bet. By the time I get there, listen, I was on the Kentucky Derby and I knew nothing about horses. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. yeah, same thing. You still made a pick. Yeah. Yep. Thousand, I you sure could, did. You could see it on television. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I crash coursed and I'll crash course this. So the Commanders beat the Ravens. The streak's over. They went 29 to 28. Um, Obviously, the big news leading this is that Sam Howell played and played extremely well. Barry, this is your QB20. There was people on this desk that laughed, almost laughed you off the set. Somebody called me a Travis Homer yes. for talking <laughs> up Sam Howell two weeks ago. And now, now who's, you know, now who's laughing? Me. Ha, 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 Because I've got a quarterback. Yeah. I, look, I think what's exciting about uh, Howell here is, is that, like, he looked good. He made contested throws. He went through his progressions, uh, and he ran. He ran tough. Even when Terry McLaurin went out, he was still able to find Dotson. Like, he would follow up. Like, he made one awful play, and then he followed it up with a um, with an unbelievably good play to, uh, to Cole Turner, to the tight end. Like, uh, I mean, look at this. He's just throwing dimes <laughs> left and right. Sweet, look at sweet that. preseason dimes. I've never seen you this happy as a Commanders fan. Yeah, Ever. well, yeah. You, you didn't you didn't know me for RG3's rookie year, and that's, that's the fair. last time. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was quite some time ago. I mean, I'm just being honest, right? <laughs> yeah. Real talk. Like, and we weren't you, we weren't we should have figured out a time to uh, to come together and, and hang out the day that Snyder officially sold to Josh Harris because that was a good day. Um, but yeah, look, I, I I've said this before. I I like Sam Howell, and I've been told. I I think this is a quote from you, and I apologize if it's not you who said this to me. But I think I feel like I was talking to you uh, like early last year when you were just starting to join the show, yeah. and I said, what are, "Hey, Connor, I know you. You like you study all these guys in college. You break down the tape like nobody's business. You've done that for years and years and years. You do great work." And I'm like, "What do we have in Sam Howell?" And you told you 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 talked to me about his footwork and everything like that. And you know, he lost a lot of talent his senior year in North Carolina, which yeah. I understood why. The, but that but that in, after his junior year, you had a first run grade on him. And that you told me, you said, I'll tell you this, though. I think he's a tough kid. And the quote I remember from you, and I apologize if this wasn't you, but you said to me, I, I, you said, like, here's what I'll tell you about Sam Howell. If he gets on the field, he ain't coming off. That sounds pretty close. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, I mean, that's something that's I might have yes, said. That's something I might have said. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah. I just, you, were just, you were talking up Sam Howell to me. Yes, I'm, we were texting during his first start, uh, very excited about what he can do. And this is somebody who was projected to go in the first round. As we've said before, a lot of talent leaves that program. I think the thing for me, Barry, especially from a fantasy perspective, that probably nobody listening to this remembers, Sam Howell's final year of college ran for 828 yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. Yes. And nobody seemed to no. care at no. all. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that's more rushing yards than Anthony Richardson. Yes, that is. In, there, in his last year in college. Yeah. Just saying. And I'm not saying Sam Howell was, is right. going to have more rushing yards this year than Anthony Richardson or anything like that. it's part of his game. It's part of his game. He is more mobile than he gets credit for there. 
Look at this guy. That's a guy, look, he's got the beard, he's got the hair. I don't care about my haircut. I'm just out there to ball. I, uh, personal hygiene means nothing to me. Look at this. This is a guy who's just like, yeah, I'm ready to ball out. He's, he looks I'm, like creatine he, Baker Mayfield. He, he looks, yeah, that's, a, that's also a good call. He's like, that's a guy, that guy's a badass. Look at that photo. That guy's a badass right there. That's a guy that says, I'm going to go win some football games. We'll say about Sam Howe, irrespective of that photo where he doesn't really look the part. On the field, he does look the part. And thinking back to that Dallas game at the end of last year, where the stats weren't pristine, but he did, he's just he's a big body and he can move uh, and he's got the arm as well. So not to throw cold water on it, but like, what are his flaws? Like, how does it go badly for Sam Howe? I think just making poor decisions when asked to do too much, right? Because that's what like we saw Barrett. the last year at UNC. <laughs> exactly. No, and, no, by the way, and he made a couple poor decisions. Right. It wasn't perfect last night. He made a couple poor decisions. Like, he took one bad sack, really bad. But that's the point is right after that, after that play, after he took that bad sack, it was like third and 17 or something like that, he came back and went through his progressions and found Cole Turner, like, on an absolute dime, you know, really good. So that – what that, that was what was exciting to me is he made a he made a he made a boneheaded play, shook it off, and the very next play came back and made a good play. Yep, I just hope they let him play through his mistakes in the right. first two months of the I season agree. because I'm sure there is going to be a three pick game in a loss at some point in the first couple of months, and I just hope that Ron Rivera isn't coaching for his job and it's like, oh, Jacoby Brissett, you want to come in and help me get right. to eight and nine? Right. The 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 two. I'll give you two things that I think potentially could go wrong. Is first off, I think the offensive line is still suspect. Mm. And so, I mean, they're gonna. You got to face Philly twice. Right. You got to play. You got to face Parsons? the Giants. You got to face Micah yeah. Parsons twice. You got to Thibodeau twice. Yeah. Twice. I mean, so that's one issue is that the offensive line is going to have to play better. The other okay. issue is is that the defense. Right. We think the defense is going to be good, but it, it's you know, it, they don't have a ton of depth there. Like so the defense is going to need to stay healthy, and so I could see a scenario where the defense either is injured or is not performing up to speed, or by the way, they're also going to play like a bunch of good offenses this year, that Sam Howell gets down in a game and then suddenly to tries, tries to do too much. And put too, you know, he's too young and he, he's going to try to sort of win the game by himself. And you can't do that, right? He's not there yet. So those are the two things that I think potentially could go wrong. But for our purposes in fantasy, I'm at QB 20 and I think I'm too low on him. And I'm significantly ahead on him, ahead of him than consensus. Like he's usually going like in the 24, 25, 26 range. But I think he's like I think he's in the QB seventeen range. Like I'm, I'm. He's okay. going to move so up significantly. You would take him over guys like Brock Purdy and Jordan Love Jordan and Love Stafford is, yeah. in that kind of range. You brought over Samuel. over Love for for sure. Over um, over Love and Stafford for sure. I take him over Pickett, who I like. All the rookies, and, Bryce uh, Young, all, CJ Stroud. All, yeah, not over Richardson, not but over all, Richardson. all all the other guys there. Take him over Derek Carr. Yep. Um, I, I think. Um, I'd take him over Kyler Murray, you know what I mean? Like, again, because we just don't know how much long Kurt Murray's going to play. Brock Purdy's an interesting one. I think I might take him over Brock Purdy. That oh, might be boy. a little Travis Homer-ish. Derek Carr? Like, like. Derek Carr? Oh, over Derek Carr right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mahomes? Yes. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a, look, I'm not saying I'm taking him over Mahomes <laughs> or Josh Allen. But it's, I'm not saying I'm not either. It's a conversation. Okay. I'm just saying it's a conversation. Yeah. He's in that he's in that Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert tier, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, I'm not getting crazy here. But I do think that he is a viable QB2. I think he is – he went – we're doing a mock draft. We're doing a mock draft tomorrow. We'll go through this. I think he went QB17 in our mock draft. We're doing a, we're doing a super flex league for tomorrow. And so the mock draft that we're all in, uh, along with other, a bunch of other people – um, uh, you know, Denny and Lawrence and, and Roto Pad and all the gang here. We, uh, I'm 
pretty sure Howell went like QB 17. And that was before the game last night, Correct. I believe. So it's amazing how the quickly hype is, the hype the can hype turn. Is already, you already <laughs> see some of the hype online. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just worried for our Monday show after he does have the three-pick game and <laughs> Diane Berry's mood. Could be a tough one. But no, I agree. He has got yeah. um, certainly has potential, and it's, and it's fantasy-friendly potential too. Yeah, look, he's also surrounded. I mean, McLaurin, Dotson, and Curtis Samuel, plus Gibson and Robinson, he's got legit playmakers around him. Yeah. Like, that's the, like, for all the homerism that you want to yell at me, and I get that, the fact of the matter is, is like, there's no denying that Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson are freaking ballers. Yep. Tell me I'm wrong, Connor. No, without a doubt. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. that our next thing we're looking at here is Terry McLaurin because he left this game with a toe injury, but X-rays were negative. Uh, you had McLaurin, you have McLaurin as wide receiver 22. So all eyes to see that he'll be hopefully okay for Week One. And when McLaurin comes out, and not even when McLaurin comes out, because when they play together, Jahan Dotson looks like an absolute stud right now. Five catches for 76 yards. So he got seven targets last night, but five of those targets came after McLaurin left the game with but, this injury you're seeing right here. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about McLaurin in a in a second, because um, I, I think the jury we'll find out. He's getting an MRI today. They don't. Like, x-rays were negative. Just to be safe, they're going to be an MRI. But looks like he'll be fine. Terry McLaurin will be fine for the regular season. It's great. And he is going to be wide receiver one for the high-flying commander's offense, right? But Jahan Dotson is really interesting. So last year, his final five games, he had three touchdowns in his final five games. Averaged 14.7 fantasy points per game. He was the 17th best wide receiver in fantasy over the final five games last season. He played one game with Sam Howell last year. He went three for 72 in that game against Dallas. And obviously, like, just lights out last night, five for 76 on seven targets. Again, five of the seven targets came after McLaurin left. But still, like, this is a guy who was a first-round draft pick. Um, they picked him at 16. Yeah, they um, traded back because they, they were so back. comfortable They were so comfortable him. knowing him. They, they were, like, I remember um, uh, the team talking about the fact that they felt like there, there was like four or five guys that they felt comfortable with. And where they picked, like Chris Olave was there. Right. And I, I remember screaming at the screen, like, take Olave. But they ended up trading back with the Saints. Saints traded up to get Olave. And they were like, we feel really co- – after the, after the draft or the press conference, was like, we liked Olave, we liked Dotson. We knew there were a couple of guys that would be there for us at 16. So that's why we traded back a few spots. Uh, to get the capital, and we were really happy with Dotson. And I was just like, well, it's a little undersized. But all he's done at both at Penn State and in the pros is make plays when he's out there, Connor. He's always played bigger than his size. He's excellent at tracking. He's excellent at, at just securing the ball through contact. And I think the great thing with Dotson going into this year is he's paired with a quarterback now that likes to push the ball. And Dotson is a guy that likes to win in the intermediate and the deep range of the field. So, I think the matchup, Jay, with Howell throwing to Dotson is a way better fit necessary than what we got to see some of his rookie year. Yeah, I think most people, when they think of the rookie wide receiver class of last year, you think Garrett Wilson, then you think Olave, and then you probably think Christian Watson. I think there's more people who would be talking about Jamison Williams, who has one catch in his NFL career over Johan Dotson, but... The one thing that you love about Dotson is he was able to find the end zone seven times right. last year, and he yeah. missed time, but when he was out there, uh, he did have a nose for the end zone. So I think that particularly if McLaurin misses time, then Dotson becomes a real weapon, and even if not, like he's going after Jordan Addison in drafts right now. I'd rather have Dotson. And I don't think that's fluky with him. I mean, this is a guy that caught 20 touchdowns his yep. last two years of college. Right. It's not like he's just stumbling into soft parts of the zone. It's an actual skill right. getting open in the red area. Four touchdowns in his first four weeks of 2022. Then he got hurt, and then three touchdowns over the final five weeks. And so, to your point, like this is a guy that had, you know, 
He's done it. Pick your cliche, but has a nose for the end zone. It is going to be, it is clear from last night that it is going to be under Eric Bieniemy. It is going to be an aggressive offense. It is going to be an offense that pushes the ball down the field. And I guess my question is, is just like, um, should I make my reservations for Las Vegas now for the Super Bowl? Should I just... We we'll probably I, have to go anyway. I mean, we'll probably so, have to go so anyway. So, yes, with, you should with, make them with, now. With you and Jay. We're yeah. going to do the show for the week, but yeah. Yeah, you want to make them for, what, for we Chase should, Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. You take that back. Yeah. We're not moving this show on until you take that back. Commanders Browns. There you go. Oh, no, you're talking. Oh, I don't care who we play in the finals. Also, notice the Jacoby Brissett Bowl. Yeah. Oh, the Jacoby yeah. Brissett Bowl. That's the Super Bowl we're looking yeah. for. Well, Commanders Chiefs is fine. The Eric Bannaby Bowl. Yeah, yeah exactly. There we go. Yeah, you're not scared. Al and Mahomes, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, facing off against each other. Be great. Stranger yeah. things have happened. Stranger oh. things. I walk that back. No, yeah. that, that would be the strangest thing that's happened. <laughs> Jay, how about this backfield? Whatever. There's optimism in Washington, guys. You know, yeah. I'm excited. How about this backfield, Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson? Everybody's trying to figure out the roles for them. Obviously, we know Brian Robinson, classic in between the tackles, runner, Gibson more an athletic pass catcher. And it just feels like one of the true actual splits in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, literally, right now, Gibson's going RB33. Brian Robinson's going RB34. And on paper, this seems quite defined, where you would think that it's more like B-Rob for first and second down, and then Antonio Gibson with more of the pass catching. Now is the third down guy. I think Robinson has a lot more upside, though. And his yards per carry stuff wasn't good last year, but his PFF grade was elite. And just watching him, he just seemed to pass the eye test where he just ran, he just runs angry. And I wonder if, Connor, do you think he has any upside in the passing game where he can add something there? He has soft hands, and he's good in space because he's so big. People don't realize how big of a running back this is. And let's not forget last year, he was coming off of being shot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Comeback this, player of the year. I mean, legitimately, the fact that he even looked decent last year, he was a really productive player when he got his chances last year at Alabama. So I think he does because he can catch the ball. He just doesn't have the ability of Antonio Gibson in terms of, I can run a wheel route, I can win down the field as well. So I think that's the thing to watch. But the fact that he got a couple of catches <laughs> yesterday just shows you that, like, you know, you, you, you see some, uh, some Brian Robinson footage right here for you. He, I agree with you. He runs angry. He moves the pile. He's like he's like me, except I walk angry. I kind of waddle, waddle angry. Waddle angry, yeah. Yeah, Trailing I waddle, waddle angry. angry. Um, but <laughs> there's the touchdown to Antonio Gibson, who's another guy that also... Look, I think, to me, I feel like where they're... You'll see Robinson on first and second down most often. You'll see Gibson on third down most often. But I think what it, this does is it gives them versatility. I, I don't, they're not scared to throw it to Robinson on first or second down. They're not scared to take Gibson up the, uh, up the middle or run him off tackle on third down. It gives them more versatility with their offense. And I think you'll see them be more creative with both guys. Wouldn't be surprised to see both of them in the backfield at some point. Uh, Who would you I, take? I have Gibson ranked a little bit higher than Robinson just okay. because of the of the passing down work. But look, I this is the easy comparison, but I don't think just because it's easy that it's necessarily wrong. That if you think about Brian Robinson in the Isaiah Pacheco role and Antonio Gibson in the Jarek McKinnon role of how the Chiefs use their offense, again, obviously different running backs, Gibson and McKinnon especially are, are very different, but I, I think that usage is about right. That both guys were fantasy productive last year. Both guys touched the ball. And that, obviously, McKinnon slash Gibson will catch the ball more. And Robinson slash Pacheco will get the ball between the tackles more. But both guys scored touchdowns last year, Pacheco and McKinnon. I think both guys will score this year. And I think both guys are really good mid-tier kind of running backs to target 
either as flex plays or as depth, or again, like really interesting guys if you you know, don't go running back early and you're going kind of a modified zero RB. Yeah, feels like this year's version, slightly lower tier version of Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, yeah. where both guys can potentially be value at the places they're going. Both, oh. guys, both guys will have fantasy value this year. Both will be relevant. Over on the Ravens side of things, we got to see first-round rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers with two catches, but an explosive play on the 26-yard touchdown against the Commanders. This is somebody that was a primetime playmaker in college, Jay, and now in Todd Munkin's offense. It's clear they're going to find effective ways to get him the ball in space. Yeah, he certainly looks good out there. I think the thing with Zay Flowers is, and I know this is a bit loaded because of how much they run the ball and the type of player Lamar Jackson is, but I mean, there is a legitimate chance he could be wide receiver one on a top two offense sure. in football, which is really exciting. And I think that will come with a lot of touchdown equity. And I think we're at the point now where I would rather have Zay Flowers than Odell Beckham. What do you think of that, Barry? I, I, I'm going I'm to say something controversial that I think people are going to say I'm gonna go crazy. I think I still would rather have Rashad Bateman. Like, again, oh, like the underlying metrics. No, in all seriousness, I know, I know, I know. We're, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting forever. Don't you take Rashad shots at me for Michael Thomas? The, the under, You're Rashad Bateman I guy? know, I know. The underlying metrics in a very small sample size on Bateman are still very good in terms of, in terms of you know yards per target and yards per route run and, I, um, but that's the problem with, with with Baltimore right now right is the fact is yes you are correct Zay Flowers absolutely could be the number one wide receiver on a you know on a top two offense he can also be the fifth option on offense after Beckham Bateman Andrews Dobbins. Right, I mean, like we, like we just don't know. It, it's a, it was an impressive play and showed the skill set, and it was really nice. You know, a uh, little bit of a missed tackle there, uh, but the fact is, is like it's a backup quarterback, and Bateman and Beckham aren't out there, and Andrews isn't out there. Like we just don't. We and just Aguilar, don't know. what Aguilar wasn't out there either. Ag- right, exactly. I know people laugh, but. Aguilar might actually get on the field for them. But there is a very real right. chance that the number one wide receiver on the Ravens in terms of fantasy points put up this year is like Devin Duvernay. Like, that's right. in play. Like, it's just like, right, it's all over the place. We just don't know. And so I don't mind um, I don't mind a flyer on Zay Flowers. I absolutely love the tape on the kid in college. And sure. th- there's, a, there's a scenario where you see him becoming fantasy relevant and having a nice role here. But also there's a chance where you're just like, he's a rookie. And John Harbaugh traditionally has not been a big rookie guy and so I I don't know there I don't mind I will say this I think it's worth taking a flyer on one of them you know I don't mind taking a flyer on on Flowers or Beckham or Bateman I wouldn't want to do multiple but like at the end of your draft like I do think taking a shot at one of them and having a piece of this offense is probably a good place to be yeah I mean right now Rashad Bateman's going after Romeo Dobbs in drafts he's going after Tank Bigsby and these kind of guys so I think he is worth a flyer if you get him at you know wide receiver 55 yeah, I, I just I, I go back and forth on it to be perfectly honest. But I will tell you that in my last draft, I was faced with I had Lamar Jackson. And I was trying to figure out who to pair it with, and I went with I went with Bateman. It was just like a, I mean, it's it's a first a, round it's a, pick, like two years ago. Right. It's a it was just a gut call that like everyone is so high on Beckham and Flowers that I just I don't know. I have Bateman in a ton of dynasty league, so maybe it's just hope springs eternal here. But just they're they're. You have to look. You have to look deeply and squint, but there are positives to uh, Rashad Bateman if you look underneath. The, anyway, outside of the Monday night game, plenty of Roto World player news to get through. For all your Roto World player news, go to NBCSports.com. And of course, we have to start with Jonathan Taylor, who the Colts have given him permission to seek a trade. Mm. And we've heard this is what Shane Steichen on Sunday had to say about the latest round. Jonathan Taylor specifically with the team. 
Shane, will um, JT travel to Philly with you guys? Yes, he will. Yep. And then Raven brought up um, your roster cuts a week from Tuesday. Have you guys thought about keeping him on PUP at all, or is that in the discussion? Yeah, we're still working through all those things right now. Um, obviously, like I said, when he's cleared 100%, he'll be out there. So not a lot from the coach, obviously, on Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, but the big news here is that the Colts have given him permission to seek a trade, but it also seems like the Colts have really high demands as there's reports out there that they want a first-round pick here. So I think this tweet from Dwayne McFarlane honestly sums it up really well. Jim Irsay, running backs don't matter and we aren't pay- paying Jonathan Taylor. Also, Jim Irsay, Jonathan Taylor is worth a first-round pick and we want market value. Yeah, I mean, he is. he's talking a little bit out of both sides of his mouth, and it does feel like when they say, hey, go seek, you know, we're going to give you permission to... Uh, to uh, you know, go. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you permission to seek a trade. It's a little bit like my wife saying, like, "Hey, Matthew, feel free to hit on Michelle Pfeiffer." Yeah, go ahead, knock <laughs> yourself out. Goes. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's like, yeah, sure. You know, like, if you can get Michelle Pfeiffer to go on a date with you, knock yourself out. Like, oh, it just, Michelle I mean, like, Pfeiffer reference. right? I mean, I don't know. I was, I was just trying to think of somebody. Um, a slice uh, of humble oh, pie. I, like oh, I, just, I, yeah. I was trying to go for who's somebody that's clearly out of my yeah. league that would never, that my wife has no fear of yeah. losing me to. And yeah. there's a long list Michelle of women Fata. I could have chose from, and yep. that was the first one that came up to me. Actually, whatever, I heard the Bruno Mars song on the way in. Um, you know, the white gold and the whole thing. Uh, anyway, uh, the, it's, it's expensive to trade for Jonathan Taylor, right? And there's not a lot of places out there that are willing to do that I think but maybe this is a a good scenario in that if he does in fact get dealt and I think it's unlikely I think it's unlikely that he gets dealt but if he does it'll be that a team that wants to use him it'll be a good situation that wants to pay him that wants to do whatever no team that's a bad team it'll be a team that's better than the Colts like you know no team that's rebuilding is gonna you know trade for him like the, the Texans aren't being like hey let us go pay you know, a lot of money to go get Jonathan Taylor. So, uh, wherever he, if he does end up going somewhere, it'll be a team that that is likely built to win and will be in scoring opportunities more often than the Colts will be this year. And also is somebody that wants him, so he should get a heavy workload. Um, you know, the challenge though is is that is it going to be a team that that doesn't have any real competition? I mean, right now he's if Jonathan Taylor is there, he's he's the guy but if he goes to, I'm making it up there if he goes to Philadelphia like you'll still see some of those guys in the mix and I'm not saying Philadelphia's necessarily in the mix but they do have a lot of cop space they're clearly all in for this year you know there's just a lot swirling around I think the most complicated thing is that it's unclear if he can run right now because he's dealing supposedly yes, with the right. ankle which I just don't know how to really price that into everything around Jonathan Taylor and yes he might get traded to a team that is better and has more touchdown potential for him but he might have lower usage there and how does that balance out with him being on the Colts if he gets traded that means he's probably more likely to just play week one on his new team and if he doesn't get traded maybe he's likely to not play for the Colts and so you weigh all of this up and I think it just comes down to a question of at what point in a draft does JT become value and what is the cutoff point and for me the cutoff point is Najee Harris I would rather have Jonathan Taylor than Najee Harris, which means that I would take him at the top of the third round, that type of range. Uh, But, I mean, I want... I want Derrick Henry, I want Tony Pollard, I want Nick Chubb, I want all these guys over Jonathan Taylor. Agreed. And so I think that him and Josh Jacobs are in a similar boat. And I'd probably take them both over Najee Harris, but I'm not taking Taylor over, over Henry or Chubb or those guys. For people that are watching on, on Peacock or, or NFL on NBC YouTube channel, 
you saw my rankings there, and I have him ahead of, of like, Joe Mixon. And, like, I'm going to move him down, you know. I'm going to move him past, you know, further down. I have him at eight right now among my running back rankings. I'll move him down to ten, if not further. I agree with you. Like, there's just bad vibes right there. Like, I, I'm going to put him under Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is reported. Like, we expect him to, him to play. Um, I'm going to move him past Joe Mixon, like – you know, I feel better about Joe Mixon's workload than I do Jonathan Taylor's right now. Because, right, there's there's a scenario, Jay, where Jonathan Taylor wants to accrue time so he can get to free agency, but he's just he's in the training room saying, like, I don't know, I'm still feeling a twinge. Yep. I don't know, my, my hammies are acting up. Like, there's just going to – like, he could sort of – I don't know. It That's just, a scary one to me. Right? Is like, it, he's, he can't find a trade partner because what team's giving up an asset, a first-round pick, and financial assets, I, that seems very unlikely. Maybe we'll be surprised. Right. And then the fact that if he's on the Colts, he's very unhappy, and it's it's personal. It feels right. like with ownership, yep. do little injuries or lingering injuries become injuries that cause him not to play? And you just use a second round asset or a third round asset in fantasy on this player, and you're getting no return. Ramondre Stevenson or Jonathan Tyler? Ramondre. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm Travis Etienne or Jonathan Tyler? That's where it That's starts tough. to become a tough pull. Probably still Taylor, but. That's yeah. feeling dicey. Yeah, I think that's a coin flip, and I'd take I'd, I'd take Taylor over Najee Harris, but he's in that yes. kind of range now. But that's that's exactly right. On my old show, we used to do this thing called the name game, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's just like, um, yeah, I mean, it just when you, especially it depends on sort of how you play fantasy football. So number one is is like if you're in only one league and you're like I'm in this league and I've been with my boys for like 12 years and like this is like hardcore and like the loser punishment is awful. Like you know, like I get it. Like I don't necessarily want to. You know, it's tough to you know use a second round or third round pick on Jonathan Taylor where he could just literally sink your season. Yep. But like if you're in like four or five leagues and it's like it's a work league and like whatever or you know best ball, then you're going to want some exposure to Jonathan Taylor because if he does get traded or he does report, then you've just got you know if we knew everything was fine, 100 percent healthy and he's there and happy and ready to go, like. He's a lead back who's going to get 20 touches a game on a team that's going to run the ball with a mobile quarterback. Like, he's a top six running back in fantasy. And you got him as a second or third round value. Like, that's amazing. But that's the risk you take. So I do think, like, if I was only in one league where I wouldn't want him in my most important league. How about that? Yeah. And I think you also want a safer first round pick to pair with Jonathan Taylor. Like, I wouldn't want to come out of the first two rounds of the draft and my top two picks are Tyreek Hill and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I want to have. McCaffrey and Taylor or Justin Jefferson and Taylor which means that you're probably getting him more towards the bottom of the second round but, anyway. But, but even given McCaffrey's injury history, McCaffrey isn't super safe. Like, and if you look at the splits with McCaffrey, I mean again I have McCaffrey as my highest rated running back but like the splits with him with Elijah Mitchell in the game versus Elijah Mitchell out from last year are significant. Like you know and so um, I don't think he's risk free. I would want yes Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase like those the guy like again even Cup has a little bit of right because he's you know, he's already, Eckler is pretty safe. I, I, Eckler's safe, right? I mean, so I, but I agree with your your take there. I think Kelsey is safe. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's just some bad vibes around Jonathan Taylor. And here's what's great: this is not the last time we're going to talk about Jonathan <laughs> Taylor. This is a subject we will continue to review uh, often until it's resolved. Indeed. Our last bit of player news here right before we sat down to uh, do the show today. Jackson Smith and Jigba actually is getting wrist surgery. Oh boy. And he has a chance to be ready for week one but it sounds like Jackson Smith and Jigba hurt that wrist in a very productive preseason game from this weekend. When you hear wrist surgery with a wide receiver, obviously very scary. And You need those to be a wide receiver. I mean, I'm no medical expert but I, like, 
I have seen very few riskless wide receivers yes. be successful in today's NFL. It's a necessity. I'm just, you know. Just Chance to be ready for week up. one is not the most optimistic way. And that, that was from Adam Schefter this morning. Yeah, and I think it just highlights again that Tyler Lockett is going too late in drafts. And this is yes. just another reason right. to take Tyler Lockett, who is going as wide receiver 30 at the moment. He, he should be higher than that. So, and he would be, he was I a think, top the top 12 wide receiver last year. Yeah, it feels like he's right. in that kind of range yeah. every year. Yeah, no, I mean, we. we we did one of our trivia segments. Again, like, so the eight only touchdowns. I, eight yeah. touchdowns for five straight years. The only yeah. wide receiver in the NFL that can say that. Like, yep. it's rock solid. Rock solid. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we're back, we're doing a little bit of Matthew Makes the Call, looking at Ooh. some polarizing players in the fantasy landscape. There you go. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Those thighs. <laughs> look at, I, it looks like I have toothpicks for yeah. legs, and I don't. I, I don't. <laughs> They're filled with gravy, Jake Croucher. Goo. Uh, yeah, it's goo and gravy. Right, right. You're in my legs, pouring right. through my veins. It's a, it's an, I'm all like hamstrings and goo in here. Like I don't. There's a lot of stuff that That's most normal human pure. beings have that I don't have. It's mostly just. You ever seen a Twinkie? Yeah. You know, like they get that. Yeah. That's mostly what's inside me. Oh wow! Look at that. Oh, wow. no. That's terrible. Hamstrings and goo. Yeah, and it's uh, definitely not photoshopped. It's definitely not photoshopped. It's definitely an the, actual photo. The things that, that I would wear a suit, can do on his. I would wear a suit and then a Twinkie outfit over it. <laughs> a perfect uh, transition. Stuff and nightmares though. Into Matthew makes the call. Yeah. I, you should dress like that for Matthew makes the call. And bring be, me a Twinkie outfit. I'll wear. Well, it. We know you will after the draft night. Hamstrings and goo. It's like an Australian right, rock but band. But the, the, the weird part is, is that my hamstrings are actually made of ham. <laughs> like, that's what I'm just saying. Like, they're literally just strings of ham going running through my body. There's also some turkey, you know. Speaking of, do you want to talk about what happened last night at the restaurant and your uh, order? Uh, you can bring it on. Yeah, you can bring this up. Or yeah, you're about how you ordered we had, little, we had a little outing for those. Little so, things. yeah, the, the the three of us, and we had a little, we had a ha- an actual happy hour for the happy hour crew. Yeah, we went out. And there was an incident, which was what you ordered. I, that wasn't, well, how is that an incident? Okay, Go ahead, one, explain, explain. Okay, well, one, you ordered off the kids' menu, I which did. is suspect to start. I did. Two, you ordered tacos that had, I believe, beef in them yeah. and nothing else. All right, just be, so just, explain yourself. <laughs> I'd be happy to. Because first off, we go to a, can I say the name of the restaurant or I probably shouldn't? All right, we go to a taco place. Taco's in the name of the place. We go to this taco place here in you Stanford. Figure it out. And so we're looking at the menu, looking at the menu. And there's no, all I want is steak tacos. Like, it's not something crazy or exotic. They don't, literally don't have steak tacos on the menu. 
it's a taco place. It's like it's like chili tacos and like you know lobster tacos, sesame ribeye, sesame and, rib- and I'm just yeah. like, I just want freaking steak tacos. But they okay. had them on the kids menu, so I'm like, fine, I'll order them on the kids menu. And it's like, and it comes. I don't like cheese in my tacos. My tacos. Here's what I like. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man with simple needs, simple tastes. Jay Croucher. And so here's what I want. I want meat. I want lettuce. I want a, I want grilled onions. Bingo bango. Awesome. That's an awesome. With hard shells. Bingo that's bango. The, yeah, that's I my that's my ta- If you ever have tacos and then you want to order tacos for me, that's what I like. I'm a simple man with simple tastes. Okay. And and so they couldn't even do grilled onions at this place. And it came. I had to ask <laughs> twice. The adult menu did have right. onions though. Yeah, but yeah, well, who wants like cerveche tacos? Like I'm like, no, ceviche? stop it. Yeah, cerveche, whatever it is. Vegemite so tacos. Yeah. Like, I don't know what. You probably picked the place. It was awful. <laughs> I'm like, just give me a steak taco. How hard is that? How hard is that? I will tell you here, I, I wish we'd gone to Applebee's. Applebee's would have had yeah. steak tacos. I betcha. I think what was just so jarring to me was that order juxtaposed with when we went out for dinner in Buffalo and you ordered wings just but demanded no sauce whatsoever. I'm just a simple man wings. with. Yes. <laughs> Dry I'm, wings. A, I'm a simple man with simple tastes. Yeah, combined with producer Damien just uh, demanding that no vegetables touch his order, like Al Michaels. Well, the best like- part of the place was it was order on your phone. So yeah. nobody knows what anybody orders, but yeah. they come out with the trays and they don't know what anybody orders. Yeah. So they just yell out the kind of tacos <laughs> to the tray. We had a lot of people. We had eight people sitting yeah, yeah. there. And it was just like a beef on a taco. <laughs> and people are looking around like, oh, I got a steak taco. I got a steak taco. It's like, no, 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 just beef on a taco. <laughs> Nothing else. Hell yeah. At, You're yeah. damn right. And you know what I did? Mm. I ordered another order of them. No, no, you did. There were yeah. kids orders because they were like itty bitty too. So like I had to like, I had to eat <laughs> like six very of them to fill They were like bite size. It's like bite popcorn size. chicken of tacos. By the way, they didn't even, the way, so it's a uh, taco place and they didn't the even sign. have like, they didn't have like chips. You know how like you go to, you know, you go to like a Mexican restaurant and they, they give you like chips and salsa. Like they didn't even have that. Like this place was a disaster. Well, <laughs> very on brand. You didn't say the name of the You were late. I think they're actually going to be our sponsor. But we had to order that. Yeah, it was, you guys, you guys Right. I had I had a I had a meeting here at NBC <laughs> with some mucky mucks. You guys were able to uh, go and just immediately out. start drinking, but you know uh, I had to talk. To, yeah, a little people get to go. Little have people their get to go. Yeah. yeah, some of us had to go. You know, talk to mucky mucks. Like yeah. I had to, you know, keep the lights on in the happy yeah, hour. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, you, know, you have no idea what I have to do. Some mucky mucks. <laughs> some of the things Lines I've got to do. Tacos. Yeah. Wings, wings with what? no sauce. Anthony Richardson. <laughs> yes, Anthony Richardson. So this All is right. Matthew makes the call. Okay, yeah. we are going to look at a couple players in fantasy that are extremely polarizing, a wide range of outcomes. Barry and Jay, of course, are going to lay out some best case, worst case scenarios. And at the end, Matthew is going to make the call, which you Good. think is more likely to happen. Yep. Let's start with Anthony Richardson because he is somebody that has been popular on the show. He's higher in your quarterback rankings. Uh, we know the rushing element is really exciting. He ranks his QB 12 for you, Barry, 112th overall. Let's start with the glass half full. What's the best case for the rookie season of Anthony Richardson? The best case scenario is, is that he's a top five fantasy quarterback. The best case for Anthony Richardson is that he doesn't, that Jonathan Taylor isn't there, and they, he basically becomes their, their, their designated goal line runner. That Shane Steichen designs a lot of runs for him. Connor, this is something we've talked about. That yeah. Anthony Richardson is not—he's not a Justin Fields type that will like immediately just duck and run. Yes, he's not one read and I need to get the hell out of here and just run all the time. You right. want to design runs for him to—I don't want to say motivate him to run, but maximize his running ability. Correct. And so I think best case scenario is—is is all that happens and that he develops quicker as a passer than we think, and that you know Pittman has a nice year, Aaron that. You know that he has a that he has a top that he's a top five fantasy running back quarterback I should say top five fantasy quarterback again 
You think about Jalen Hurts' rookie year or Lamar Jackson's rookie year. Those guys were both top nine fantasy quarterbacks on a point-per-game basis. So Anthony Richardson, who potentially is a better athlete than either of those guys, has, you know, just just explodes and winds up with double-digit rushing touchdowns and is, is good enough as a passer to, uh, to get you there. So that's the best-case scenario for, for Anthony Richardson, right? Four of the top six quarterbacks in points per game last season had over 700 rushing yards. Think about Hertz last year who led all quarterbacks in design runs. Same play caller for Hertz last year is now the head coach in Indianapolis. So, yeah, so that's the best-case scenario. Yeah, I think the worst case scenario is that he's so raw that the team makes the call in like week seven that no, this guy needs to get some needs to sit behind Gardner Minshew and it's the Gardner Minshew show in the second half of the season. Like I don't I don't think that's likely. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that is in the cards for someone who just just doesn't have a sample uh, at the college level even where he ha- he hasn't played as much as guys like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Oh. But the fact that he hasn't played as much, that is also the upside because we don't know what he is. And so that's right. why he is probably, I mean, he is definitely the highest variance quarterback uh, of anyone that you're going to draft this season. But yeah, that, that he doesn't, or even if he doesn't lose his job, but basically that they don't design a ton of runs for him, that the passing is limited here, and that, you know, that you get like, you know, and, and that the line breaks down against him, and then he's just like this, you know, whatever, hundred you know, 175 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Or two picks, you know, every game. I think the most likely outcome for Richardson is that he's not real-life effective, but he's fine enough fantasy-wise because he's just going to give you enough on the ground where, and this isn't the same, but it's like Deshaun Watson at the end of last year who was terrible real-life but was still able to provide some fantasy value with his legs. I think Richardson will be that same archetype. I I think he'll be better, but to me that's the worst-case scenario too is whatever he's like... What was Watson last year? Something like QB 15 or something like that? Or yeah, I think like, he can be better than that. But I think yes. he's not going to be real life super helpful to winning. But I think yeah, he that, will provide that, stats. That's, that's certainly accurate. But, I'm, but anyway, in terms of making the call, I am much more pro-Richardson than not. He's my QB 12. I'm in on Anthony Richardson this year. How about Cam Akers? This is somebody who you couldn't find him last year. Interesting trade deadline. It sounded like his tenure with the Rams was going to come to an end. And then... The green light came on. We saw life from Cam Akers. He ranks as RB21 for Barry right now. Jay, can he carry some of that momentum from last year into a best-case season? And what does that even look like for Cam Akers, who's right outside Barry's top 20 of running backs? Yeah, well, I think the good thing for Cam Akers is that he was on effectively a terrible team at the end of last season and still provided fantasy value. And when he has been healthy and removed from the injury um, that he had, he's been an effective runner. And so I think there is a pathway where he could be a top 15 running back in the NFL at the same time it's just you're so loathed and uh, it's just not a nice feeling buying into this LA Rams team in any form whatsoever outside of Cooper Cup and so I think that is the downside that he just gets swallowed up by the Ramsness of the Rams but I mean that was there last year and he still provided fantasy value at times first half of the season he was persona non grata he was he lost his job to Ronnie Rivers like you know they 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 literally were begging people to trade for him. He was a healthy scratch one game. But then to your point, final six games last year, he was the fifth best running back in fantasy. Over 19 touches a game, over 101 yards from scrimmage per game. He had the fourth most red zone touches of any player in the NFL. He had 20 different red zone touches over the final five, final six games last year. So from week 13 on, the fifth best running back in fantasy. So that's the upside. So you're the lead running back in a Sean McVay offense, even a bad one, even a dysfunctional one. Uh, I'm more in on him than not. I think, again, volume is king. They don't really have a lot else. Like, and so I do think, especially given that uh, they, 
after Cup, there's not. I mean, you got like Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, whatever. Like, I do think, you know, the Kieran Williams, Ronnie Rivers, they like they like those guys. But Cam Akers is going to flirt with 20 touches a game, and so I'm at running back 21. I'm more in on him than not. Yeah, and I think the thing with Akers too is just the last three games of last season, he was averaging over 20 carries a game, and the Rams lost two of those games, so it's not like it was just the Broncos game where they had the massive lead, and there's just not that many running backs in the NFL who can get yes. over 20 carries a game, and that just gives him a certain value. Further yeah. removed from the torn Achilles yep. as well, so maybe some upside there for Cam Akers. Another running back uh, in a questionable situation is Miles Sanders, signed uh, by the Panthers this offseason. It has been a brutal preseason for that Panthers offensive line, Barry, but it is yeah. the preseason, but they have struggled immensely. Miles Sanders, though, seems to be in a backfield that should get a lot of work. It's just a lot of questions around him right now. What is the best case for Sanders going into this year? The best case scenario is that he's a workhorse running back on a team that is competent. That, you know, the Panthers, you know, that the offensive line is decent. They're, they try to control the clock. They want to they, they want to uh, limit the exposure of Bryce Young, and so yeah. they want to go with a conservative offense, and he just gets a ton of volume. And he no longer has to worry about, you know, Jalen Hurts vulturing touchdowns. And so I think the upside for him is, you know, what, what was last year where he was, you know, top six uh, running back in terms of total carries. He was um, average over 100 yards. Uh, from scrimmage in the 10 games that he played with 15 or more touches. And so that's the best case is I think he's like a top 15-ish running back uh, with, you know, serious volume and, and catches some passes and is part of the passing game. Yeah, and this isn't the same because he Bryce Young needs to develop and he needs to get reps, but we do have a sample of Frank Reich having a quarterback who is a little bit suspect and just riding a running back in Jonathan Taylor in the situation with Carson Wentz uh, in the Carson Wentz year in Indianapolis. So I think that there is some scope there for Miles Sanders, but at the same time, there is just as much downside in that this is his first year outside of Philadelphia and more to the point, outside of Philadelphia's offensive line. And that that transition in offensive line quality uh, is about as severe as it gets. Right, and he's also, he is somebody that over the course of his career, not necessarily last year, but over the course of his career, he has struggled with, uh, with, uh, with scoring. You yes. know what I mean? Like, he had more rushing touchdowns in 2022, he had 11, than he had in his first three seasons combined. He had nine in his first three seasons. So is, do, do the touchdowns not come? He's somebody that struggled with both injuries and fumbles throughout his career. Does that hurt? Does it become more of a committee, right? Because they have Chuba Hubbard there, right? I mean, um, and so does Frank Reich want to use multiple running backs? Is he not involved in the passing game? Like, so the worst case scenario, by the way, is that he's a committee back who's not scoring and not used in the passing game, and he gets banged up and you get 12 games out of him. You get 12 games of, you know, He's a first and second down back, not really involved in the passing game. Because Chuba Hubbard is a nice pass-catching running back, right? So if he's only the early down back on a team that we don't think is going to score a lot, and he misses a couple games, like, you know, he's running back like 37. And yeah. you're just like, okay. It's That's the, the worst-case scenario for them. Is just, he's, he's useless in fantasy. Yeah, I think we were, no both, we were both pretty bearish on Sanders going to last year. To be fair, Sanders was, was bearish on himself. Yeah. Yes. And the bear case there was that he's a guy who's – between the 20s and doesn't catch the ball, so where's the upside? And that could manifest itself here. Yeah. What side do you ultimately lean on? I know you have RB22. You said the upside case is RB15-ish and then outside the top 30 in a worst case. I have very few shares of Miles Sanders this yep. year. I don't, I don't love him. I've, again, like, so I have Akers at 21 and Sanders at 22. I'd much prefer Cam Akers, honestly, at that round. If Sanders is there, I'm usually waiting another round. Um, and, 
I'm just grabbing a tight end or a wide receiver there. Sometimes the quarterbacks are there if I've waited on quarterback a little bit. I just just not a huge Miles Sanders guy. Just don't you know what I mean? Like I just I think it's gonna be more of a committee there. I'm nervous about the the scoring equity, the passing game usage. And there are other guys going in that range, Cam Akers of the world, Damian Pierce is the world that I prefer to 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 Miles Sanders. As we talked about at the top of the show, like I'd rather wait a round or two and get me one of the Washington guys. Like it just yep. sort of yeah, I'm I'm more nervous about Sanders than I am excited this year. How about Keenan Allen, Jay? The good with Keenan Allen, new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. We think that Justin Herbert will be asked to push the ball more vertically. We know Keenan Allen, when healthy, can still play. The bad is that he missed seven games last year with a hamstring injury. He turned 31 this spring. What does the best-case scenario season look like for Keenan Allen, and what will be a tweaked Chargers offense? Yeah, I think the best case is that he just rides the momentum that the Chargers are one of the handful of teams that could be the best offense in football, where they get Rashawn Slater back, new offensive coordinator, Justin Herbert will be healthier as well, and presumably, on average, Keenan Allen is going to be healthier too. And so I think that you add all of that up, and just by being on that offense, uh, he could be an elite wide receiver. He's kind of a strange wide receiver, where just every single year, uh, he just seems to get between like four and eight touchdowns. Like That's his very defined range. He's not going to get less than that he's not going to get more than that uh, and so yeah he, in a way he's an unexciting pick but at the same time he has been rock solid I think the downside case is just that like he's 31 years old he's older than my man Michael Thomas uh, yeah. and in that offense where maybe Quinn Johnson <laughs> takes more away point. from him maybe Mike Williams takes more away from him Mike Williams more on the slot like all of this stuff can add up and just with the age maybe he just doesn't get the volume he missed seven games last year yeah. like he's 31 and he missed seven games last year and you know, he's had a number of healthy years as well. Early in his career, he struggled with injuries as well. And so I will say that, yes, yeah, so the downside is just he gets injured and he's, he's you know, becomes, becomes, you know, the third option on that offense, right, behind Mike, Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. Like, that's a, that's a true scenario. And that, and that the rest of the guys, the Gerald Everts, the Quinton Johnson of the world, like, it just eats into him enough. And, like, because he's somebody that needs volume, right? He's, like, been a PPR machine, right? This is a guy who, for four straight seasons, has averaged over six and a half receptions a game. Like, he is somebody that needs a ton of volume. And he got it last year, right? From week 11 on, he led all wide receivers in receptions last year. Like, he's a target machine. But if suddenly the target share is going down, you know, that makes it a little bit nervous. I'm somewhere in the middle. I will just the call that I will make is that I would rather this year I would rather have Mike Williams at cost than Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams for where he's going and the season he's going to have. I'm high on Mike Williams. I think he's a better play. We'll close this one out with Calvin Ridley, who obviously served his suspension last year. He now enters a pretty crowded group of pass catchers in Jacksonville. Uh, Barry, he comes in as wide receiver 19 for you. It seems like in the fantasy community, expectations are very high for Calvin very Ridley's high. return. Yeah, I mean, look, I like Ridley. I like Ridley as a player, and I'm high on that entire offense. Like, I think Lawrence has, I think Trevor Lawrence has a big year, and it's going to be a pass-happy, fantasy-friendly offense here. Um, the concern is, is that, you know, this is somebody that turns 29 in December and October 24th, 2021 was the last time we saw him on an NFL field. Like, it's been a while. And then you think about Christian Kirk and uh, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and ETN. And there's a lot of guys on that offense that need to touch the ball in addition to Calvin Ridley. And so he could still be very, very good. 
but not get the kind of volume that we need. Having said that, it seems like at least in early preseason, it's going to be Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside. They relegated Christian Kirk just to the slot. So I'm as a borderline top 20 wide receiver. I'm banking on the talent of the offense here, but not without concern. I mean, the upside is that he's 1,500 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns, and a top four wide receiver sure. in football. The downside is he's just not any good anymore. Uh, so it's a massive yeah. range massive of range. outcomes. I mean, the last time he was good was around the same time the Michael Thomas was good. Right. <laughs> not to keep on bringing up Michael Thomas every segment, but I do think that he is probably uh, the Anthony Richardson of wide receivers in a way, just with that massive range, range of range outcomes. Of outcomes. Uh, and I think that people are now buying into the upside of Calvin Ridley, where his ADP is just... Uh, I mean, he's, he's just being he bought continues more. To, yeah, more. a lot of hype around Calvin. You think it's a little too inflated at this point? A little bit. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a, a little bit. There's a lot of guys bit. on that team. Huh? There's a lot of guys on a lot that team. Of guy, a lot of guys on that team. But again, I believe in the talent. I believe in the, uh, the upside. But yeah, as, it, as his ADP continues to, to rise up, it's one of those things where it's like, like, I do think you'll have a good year, but that's a little bit too rich for my blood. All right, we're taking our last break. When we're back, it's last call. Yes. Who doesn't like steak tacos? <laughs> it was a disaster. That place was a disaster. I'm right. <laughs> Here's your chance to win a VIP trip for two to watch a live taping of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Go behind the scenes, meet the crew, and get a front row seat to all the fantasy insights and debates to help you win your league live from the NBC Sports Studio. Enter now at NBCSports.com slash Barry Sweeps. Contest ends September 10th. Plus, even if you don't win, 10 second-place winners will receive a Matthew Barry signed copy of the 2023 Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Pretty sweet. That consolation. Sweet. <laughs> 10, yeah. Uh, autographed autographed uh, Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Which, Guides with me. What do you think that's worth on the open market? Well, hey. I got news for you. We okay. did our research, <laughs> uh, and there are Matthew Barry signed oh, trading oh, cards on eBay. So Do we've I. had a sale go for about $20. What is like Carlson Wentz? Most recently. It's not bad. Voices of the game. There are a number of trading cards out there with my signature. 350 Whoa. bucks. Jeez. Oh, that's a... Woo. <laughs> let's see if somebody meets the, the high price that's, uh, of that. Let's look at that. 200, that's my Allen and Ginter framed autograph. Can we verify that signature? Make sure that is That's okay. my signature, 100%. <laughs> Look at that. That's more than I thought. There's ones going for less than that as well. All right. It's closing time for Jay, Connor, and Matthew. And peace out. Stay tacos for everyone. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.